0: welcome to abc cafe my name is anthony Alpidaka, and this is
1: daniel Trigg.
0: and today we have an episode i'm pretty excited about uh we have got on the program uh program it's like my my grandma yeah i hope this is your favorite program program i'm kind of assuming that all of our listeners are in their late 70s Uh, yeah i'm
1: pretty sure
0: we have Wafik faour who is a Palestinian activist in Vermont, Palestinian and Palestinian activist um, in Vermont. And he's going to be talking to us about uh, the current state of affairs um, in Palestine, in Israel, what's been happening the last few weeks. He's going to give us some uh, historical overview. And I think what's really interesting is um, we're going to talk. How it's connect? Talk about how it's connected to Vermont.
1: Yeah, this is a a really great episode, especially if, like me, you're kind of a layman in the history um, of this. I've done a lot of research over the past few days, just trying trying to wrap my head around it um, because it is such a long and story. Which
0: you did successfully. You managed to understand the whole.
1: Uh, yeah, the I whole knew thing. I, the I whole knew
0: seventy three years.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and I and it only took three podcasts. Three podcasts. Not and hours to listen to.
0: Specially curated podcasts, which I will link to actually in the show notes for this yeah, it's because not a bad idea. you know what we wanted to do with this interview is and, and we did talk a lot about the history and, and the politics over there, but we wanted to do is connect it to Vermont. Yeah. And that, that was our goal on the podcast. And I think, you know, there there's so many places you can learn so many books, so many podcasts, so many interviews. <clears throat> excuse me, about this, that we didn't want to sort of try to replace that. We, we wanted to focus on how it's all connected to, to where we live locally in Vermont.
1: Yeah, and you are, you're definitely going to get some, some background and some context historically. Um, but we do, uh, we really try to focus on, on Vermont um, and Vermont businesses and Vermont things um, that directly affect um, this uh, particular situation.
0: All right, so before we get to that, though, we do want to pimp uh, the mm. next show,
1: because we're
0: going to do another, we're going to do the uh, F-35 Part 2. Part 2. Part 2. And um And we're going to have uh, Margaret Edelman, and we're going to be rejoined again by James Mark Leas, and we're going to talk about General, Gregory's Knight, uh, General Gregory Knight's response to the inquiry with the guard about the news, Winooski's resolution to cancel the F-35s, and I thought his response was pretty good, actually. Hey, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it, yeah I what, think he, he, he fixed it. He fixed it. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to get too much into the details now because you might not listen to the rest of the episode, but he promised that over the next one to two years... 12, the, to, 24 12 to 24 months. 12 to 24 months... Use military time. (laughs) There will be... There's going to be several noise studies.
1: They're going to study the noise. So they're going
0: to study the noise, and and then uh, in a couple years, we'll check back in with them, and uh, maybe they'll have a step two. Yeah, yeah. And
1: and hopefully within that time, that that particular general will still be in that position.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) All right, so that's that's what we're going to be um, putting out in the next uh, week or two here. We're recording next week. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I, I've got another job and a kid and stuff. So. Yeah,
1: and I don't. I, I, li- I live <laughs> off the government, just like all of you. Um, and uh, I want to thank them for, for letting me have all that free money.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so uh, without further delay, here is uh, Wafik Wafik So we are here with uh, Wafik Faour. Wafik, thank you so much for joining us on yeah, ABC Cafe. It. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Could you start off by telling our listeners uh, where you're from and how you came to be in Vermont?
2: My name is Wafik Faour, and I born in Lebanon in a refugee camp. I grew up in a refugee camp until I was seventeen years old. I get after high school, I was lucky enough to get accepted to Northeastern University. After Northeastern University, I had a sister who immigrated to Vermont, and uh, I came here, uh, got married to an American, and I became resident uh, of uh, the state of Vermont.
0: And where were your parents from? So you were born because you were born in a refugee camp in in Beirut.
2: Yes, both my parents born in a small village on northern Palestine in Galilee outside of uh, historical city of Akka or uh, people here, they call it Akko, in Northern Galilee. Uh, When uh, my mother was 15 and my father was about 19 years old, 1948, uh, the Nakba took place where uh, Israeli uh, terrorist organization, Haganah and Sterin attacked the village, the Shab, and uh, my grandfather, mother's side get killed. My grandfather uh, fathers side uh, uh, spent seven years in jail. Uh, my father and my mother, at that point, they were that younger generation either you got shot or you end up on jail of uh, if you are a male. Uh, the parents, they were scared for women, so they encouraged them to leave. So they ended up on the border in Lebanon. After that, uh, they got pushed by the Lebanese authority to go to certain locations. So they end right. up on the village uh, on a town called the in Northern Lebanon mm-hmm. uh, and they got married uh, nineteen fifty four and I born in nineteen sixty. Uh, later, sixty-three again, United Nations start to establish permanent refugee camps, and this is another uh, story on uh, a Palestinian history uh, who observed the Nakba, that United Nations, uh, even though the people, they were thinking that they're going to go back within a year, two years, next year. Uh, United Nations rented lands uh, from the Lebanese government or landowners mm-hmm. for 99 years and uh, uh, they start establishing uh, a permanent refugee camps and now at least nine refugee camps in Lebanon. But you can find refugee camp too on Syria, in Jordan. And this is the story of over 800,000 people got forced out in 1948 and what we call the Nakba and the Israeli call an independence or establishing the state.
1: Can you just translate uh, Nakba, what that means? Nakba
2: in English, the exact meaning is the catastrophe. Right. for us, it is uh, part of our daily uh, living, if you are living in refugee camp. And for the Palestinian in general, uh, the Nakba is a continuing uh, uh, process. Why? Not because we still refugees, but if you look at places like uh, Silwan or uh, Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood uh, in Jerusalem and outside of Jerusalem, the this placement, uh, the ethnic cleansing that the Israeli government are uh, doing on daily paces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Nakba on the Palestinian life its a continuous, it never end. It wasn't only in 1948. Parallel to the time what happened two weeks ago on uh, Sheikh Jarrah uh, neighborhood, there were houses on Haifa and Yafa, on historical Palestine and what you call uh, Israel. Uh, there were people who stayed in 1948 and forced to live on certain section or the Arab section of cities, but now there is a process to evict them under uh, the laws they are creating and uh, a court order that prevent Palestinian to stay on their uh, where they have been live, living for generation. Right. So in one hand, they they destroyed uh, according uh, to. Uh, the history book 524 villages and mm. uh, Palestinian cities and so, uh, the people, Palestinian people, either you became refugee inside Palestine and you stayed and you became what they call over there Israeli Arabs or you became refugee on the Arab countries and they are a stateless and United Nations documentary and that is what we carry. That's a great um, segue
0: from from your story. And, and one of the things I wanted to touch on, you, you said exactly actually part of my question as you were talking, which is um, the last sort of cycle of news about Israel and Palestine um, makes it sound as if, you know, von- violence spontaneously erupted this time. And, you know, there was peace, but they neglect to kind of mention that the Palestinians are always under a form of violence that's continuate continued, not not something that, you know, happens only when when Israel flies planes and um over Gaza. And I was wondering if you could provide a little bit of context for our listeners. Just you we hear the terms Gaza and the West Bank. And those are, you know, two separate geographic locations with uh, people that aren't actually really in um able to travel freely to you go there, and could you give a little bit of background on um, on those two locations? And, and Sheikh Jarrah, which you mentioned, is in in Jerusalem. Which
2: yeah, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, where Sheikh Jarrah is uh, a neighborhood uh, on that city. Uh, uh, the same Silwan, which is they are facing uh, uh, eviction about 1,500 Palestinians are facing court orders of eviction from Silwan. Uh, they were a land that uh, were between 1948 and 1967 under a Jordanian authority, while Gaza, it was under Egyptian authority. In 1967, uh, war, which is majority of the American, they think that started by the Arab and they lost the war, so you lose the land, so sorry. Uh, this That's is the what conclusion. happens during war. This is what happened during war. Actually, this is not what happened. The Arab armies didn't attack Israel in 1967. And according to many Israeli historians, they documented that Israel attacked the uh, Arab uh, armies' uh, military airport. Uh, on early hours, and they invaded uh, those two lands. And they uh, were very smart to put the propaganda out that the Arab army is coming to crush this small country uh, called Israel. Mm-hmm. And this is how they get uh, the public sympathy and they get unlimited support from uh, different countries, uh, mainly Europe and United States. In '67, so uh, Palestinians on those two areas, West Bank, East Jerusalem, and Gaza, they became under a military occupation. Mm-hmm. And uh, by that time, uh, so th- those people, um, Uh, who became under occupation, some of them are uh, under occupation for the second time, refugee for second time, because Mm -hmm. there is people, they originally from what we call the people of 1948 or the Palestinian people of the inside. But Israel tried to differentiate between us that us who are outside, they, they are Arab refugees. They refuse to recognize the identity of the Palestinians outside. So it is a problem of the Arab countries to take care of them. Right. On another hand, the Palestinian in the West Bank, you know, uh, still it's, they, they, there is no status whatsoever to them. Under military occupation, they have no right whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No know? citizenship, nothing. No citizenship, no, nothing, you know. And the people in 1948, where Israel got established, they called them Israeli Arabs. So, in any way, they refused the identity of the Palestinians. Right. Here it comes in two, two weeks ago, on the last uh, uh, war or genocide, more than war that you saw the Palestinians in every corner of that country, uprising, coming together, 1948 people, people in the West Bank, the people in Gaza, and the people outside on the border of Jordan and Lebanon, that the identity of the Palestinians uh, became, again, as united, you cannot differentiate between each other, uh, right, uh, uh, right. Each, each of them. There's a couple of threads to pull here. And since uh, the
0: last thing you mentioned there was the sort of the, uh, a, a unite, a uniting of, of the different Palestinians. And could you talk a little bit about if this current moment feels different to you than previously? I mean, this weekend in, in uh, um, DC, there was a rally of 35,000 people, which I, I think is a unprecedented turnout for, you know, anti-militarism kind of uh, protests, specifically against U.S. foreign policy, going back to the Iraq war, perhaps?
2: Well, Israel uh, tried its best with the help uh, of United States and the American mainstream media to uh, give a different picture of what's going on over there. They made it a war between Israel and the group of people called Hamas, mm-hmm. or a political party called Hamas. And this is an attempt to marginalize the Palestinian people to one small party, as the conflict is not happening between uh, the Palestinian as a whole with uh, a colonialist uh, power yeah. called Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh The what came out of uh, the last, if we're going to call it event in historical uh, terms, uh, that the Palestinians told them it's not between Hamas and Israel, it's between the Palestinian people against colonialist power, that uh, trying occupation, ethnic cleansing, genocide, because uh, killing 69 children in 11 days uh, decimating uh, nine family completely. It's not a war against Hamas.
0: And uh, yeah. jur- I think um, several, maybe nine. I think, um, um journal, journal, sorry, news, journalists, nine news agencies buildings destroyed right. as well. So I mean, this is a very specific type of thing. Definitely and I- targeted.
2: Yeah, because they, they don't want the media to report of what's going over there. So they took the media inside Gaza who are reporting every minute of what's happening and what kind of bumping they have, what kind of housing they are targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, they say, well, it's a collateral damage that some civilians get killed. Actually, Israel targeting civilians to... Uh, uh, make the whole national liberation movement kneel, you know, mm. to make the public and the civilian go and revolt against their leadership, you know, mm-hmm. or what the fighters within Gaza and the days after the last battle, the people approved how much they went to the street, not only to celebrate but to go uh in a full support of the resistance on the Gaza Strip. right? And you can see the gatherings, not only in Gaza, didn't stop in Gaza, in Jerusalem, on the West Bank, in uh, Palis- historical Palestine, 1948, on every refugee camp outside. So yes, definitely uh, this last historical event, a change everything. Here in United States, you mentioned the uh, 35,000 people showed up in Washington DC last weekend, but here in Vermont, uh, 300 to 400 people uh, came in when Vermont are for justice in Palestine and uh, when uh, a coalition of, uh, uh, of many organizations Uh, sponsored demonstrations two Saturdays ago. Mm -hmm. And it is not only sympathy for the Palestinians uh, during that period of time, but it's solidarity and a commitment that the Palestinian issue is uh, before the last event is is not going to be the same like after. Mm -hmm. Things are changing. And it's time for the United States and here in Vermont to understand that they have a stake on it. Uh, What kind of a stake? A lot of time when we used to use education events to educate the public about the people of Palestine and what's exactly happening here, because our voice was absent because the media is a pro-Israel, the government is a pro-Israel. The whole system here is a pro-Israel because they are parallel system. Both are colonial system and both, they work the same way on the question of racism and other. It used to be, our voice used to be absent and they used to think Palestine is far away. Why to care about it when there is a lot of things going on on here? But Palestine and Israel and what's happening over there is not far away. Shouldn't be far away from Vermonters when Vermoners are paying taxes. And this tax is uh, paid for the bombs, the F-35, the missiles that they are killing children over there. You cannot say you are innocent when you are providing weapons unlimited, you know, even during the battle. Uh, yeah. uh, President yeah. Biden uh, uh, promised uh, 735 million yeah. to uh, uh, replace the weapons have been used. This is insane. Yeah, and it's- to say that uh, the American public shouldn't be uh, part of, uh, shouldn't have a voice of what's happening, they are paying for it. It's their taxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just to put some numbers on that for our listeners, um three point eight billion dollars a year, which is basically about four hundred and thirty three thousand dollars an hour. (laughs) I did some math earlier. (laughs) So it's it's quite a lot. So and I also wanted to pick up on something you said because um I I don't know I didn't see that very many people report on this, but for the last two years at least because I think you can say in the abstract that the, the state of Vermont supports Israel, and maybe people would say, "Well, how do you know that?" And interestingly enough, <laughs> the last two years, and I don't, I don't know how it started. It's something I'm, I'm trying to f- dig into. The governor Scott has issued a proclamation wishing Israel a happy Independence Day, and I don't know if you've have you come across this.
2: I came across of it because. Um... We were dealing with what state are supporting, uh, 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 supporting uh, a, an Israeli foreign policy to attack us, the Solidarity Group here in the United States, uh-huh. the one we are working on, uh, what we call BDS, Boycott divest, Sanction. And many states, they created law on a state level that to make it illegal for an American to adopt BDS, to boycott, divest, or sanction the state of Israel. And if you do, you have no right to have a contract with the state government. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, one of the best news we heard last week that that law in court lost uh, in the state of Georgia. So we were preparing ourselves and we sat down with many legislators here because we were worried that uh, they will uh, do it after a visit from the Israeli counselor came a couple of years ago here to Vermont and met with the Attorney General and with the uh, governor and other uh, people.
0: Do you know what year that was?
2: uh 2019 okay oh, recent, very recent. that's
0: right before this um from what i can tell so I, I i'd like to read part of it because i think it's important for for people to kind of understand the depth of support so um this is from governor scott's this is from the 2020 proclamation there was also one in 2021 which basically read the same thing uh, the united states has played a critical role in the development of israel and has been steadfast in its commitment to helping the people of israel develop their own economy, and secure their peace. And the people of Vermont have shared an affinity with the people of Israel, and the bonds of friendship and cooperation which have existed between Israel and Vermont for the past 72 years have enriched the the cultural diversity of our state's tapestry, and they are eternal.
2: I believe, yes, I read it. And I believe it's a beginning. Uh, this is how the uh, Israeli government and their foreign uh, ministry working now and to go and pick and choose certain places in Vermont or other states, and they use uh, their alliance uh, or uh, their lobbying group, APAC and others, to put a pressure on some politicians to do such a statement and to go farther.
0: Yeah, it's a a progressive.
2: It's a a progressive steps. But at the same time, we are doing our best to build the coalition of people and organization that they are struggling and fighting against all kinds of discrimination and prejudice, which is similar to what we are facing in Palestine-Israel struggle. And by doing that, we are committed to their causes because... Uh, the causes of of the indigenous people, or the black people, or uh, our migrants' community here is no different than our struggle over there. So uh, uh, through this organization, uh, we're going to uh, resist any kind of policy to stop our work and solidarity of the Palestinians over there. So mm-hmm.
0: what, what, orga- uh, what organizations are you involved with, and what can you give us some um, uh, a, a, a list? Uh, of course, or some I insight mean, into the work
2: you're doing. Yeah, I mean we are Vermonar for Justice in Palestine here, and we work with any organization they can work with us. Definitely, our our alliance with Migrant Justice is uh, it goes years back now. And we stand with them. Uh, we stood with them when they went with uh, their uh, campaign with Ben and Jerry. They stand with us. In can you campaign.
1: Uh, just the Ben and Jerry thing? Can you give us a quick kind of um, background on on what Ben and Jerry has been doing, and and that, and, and what the work you guys have been doing with that.
2: Of course, Uh, Ben and Jerry uh, opened the factory in Israel, uh, I believe in 1988, uh, which is the first factory for Ben and Jerry outside of state of Vermont, outside of Waterbury. It was Waterbury and the Israeli. And they had a lessee or the contractor, the one who owns Ben and Jerry Israel. His name is Abby Zinger. And. Ben & Jerry uh, opened shops selling ice cream. Why we targeted Ben & Jerry? Number one, because it's a Vermont uh, company. that have uh, a social uh, mission and in social mission, they call for uh, many uh, justice issue and peace and love and all the beautiful things.
1: Yeah, it's their brand. (laughs) All the Vermont things. It's the
2: Vermont things and what we are proud about here in Vermont usually. And they provide some kind of aid through their nonprofit to organizations that they have similar thinking. This is the way they advertise for their product. It's a good, very smart way to sell your product. Mm -hmm. so when we discovered that they have that factory over there and they are uh, selling their uh, products on uh, jewish only settlements uh, we contacted them and we tried to uh, open a channel of talk that this is not the way uh, it should happen you have a social mission you cannot profit or benefit from occupation it's under international law it's illegal It is illegal to go, and because the land you occupied, you take its natural resources, uh, change its uh, character, and make money off it when it is not yours. The Bananjari, to our surprise, uh, many surprises we have, uh, one, we thought is Unilever is the owner, so Ben and Jerry supposed to take direction from Unilever, mm-hmm. and the Israeli uh, lessee of the name of Ben and Jerry supposed to follow through. We discovered when the sale happened between Ben Cohen, Jerry Greenfield, and to their company, they left the Israeli contract follow uh, uh, South Burlington. It's the only contract they don't listen to Unilever it's still report here and renewed here in Vermont. Ooh, wow. And when we asked how that happened on a contract company sale, they said have been missed by the lawyers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Ben and Jerry, we tried to talk to them. They promised to go and uh, see what's happening over there. Uh, came back. Uh, uh, the uh, head of the uh, board of Ben and Jerry then was uh, Jeff Furman. Uh, came and he reported uh, even to the uh, uh, Burlington Free Press that what's happening in Palestine Israel is an apartheid state so he saw it as an apartheid state but at the same time he didn't find fine making money there it, it, yeah exactly and when we push that point that you are making money uh, benefiting and profiting is against the international law their answer was and this is the second surprise that they never made a penny of that contract so what that supposed to mean <laughs> it's no sense <laughs> i mean in front of their investors or whatever what are they gaining from being over there
1: yeah just pull out <laughs> you've already agreed it's a part in apartheid state yeah, so yeah. move on you know unlicense it
2: Exactly, it's, it's take, really easy take your lettering down the factory yeah and move out they haven't done that you know until now and we are still in a campaign asking Ben and Jerry to do the right thing a uh, campaign with this uh, magnitude is very hard there are many products we call to boycott and to adopt bds as a peaceful tools uh, to unlodge uh, the occupiers to stop Uh, the kind of policy, racist policy Israel is doing. And uh, the American uh, as public and government, uh, they have to do something. Uh, When the American stood against South African apartheid, things moved to the other direction, and there is a time, and uh, the time is coming that the American going to push their government to stop this uh, unlimited military aids and economical aids to Israel. And something uh, has to happen; otherwise, uh, American government and people are part of the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah and it's it's. I mean one one problem in the system you're working against there so we mentioned the 3.8 billion dollars but uh 74% of that money just goes back to United States companies uh to to provide to provide weapons so it it isn't it isn't necessarily it's a I'm not saying it shouldn't happen obviously it's it's a tough road the the military industrial kind of complex around that support. It isn't It isn't just like we give them the money and then it just stays in the Israeli economy. Like that money comes back here.
2: It doesn't stop on 3.8. 3.8 is a package.
0: Yeah, that's one p- package. Yeah. One
2: package have been provided by United States government after Israel pulled out of Sinai Peninsula and mm-hmm. they made a Camp David agreement with Egypt. There is much more money than that goes to Israel under different bill. Let me give you an example. When uh, the, uh, under the Trump administration, there was a bill for COVID-19 AIDS. It's an American bill for the American citizen. There was inside it $600 million to Israel under the COVID. Right. Aid. It's an American bill mm. for the American public from American taxpayers. Two, when you are, yeah, you give them the money and they're buying your military on a special price, etc. What's happening, Israel is uh, not only becoming super military uh, factory, they are selling uh, their military or American technology that they get copy and sell again you know, to many regimes all over the world that they are against every principle American uh, think about. Uh, 80% of the policing around the world, Israel uh, involved of the sale from uh, drones to security uh, listening uh, devices uh, to building uh, walls like the southern border walls is Israeli company. You know, between us, uh, United States and Mexico, it's the same companies they built the wall uh, on the Palestinian land on the West Bank, occupied West Bank. So it doesn't stop in 3.8 and uh, over there and they're going to spend money to buy the military and the jets and etc. Everything for Israel is a freak. From this country, hmm. Israel cannot survive without the aid coming from United States, many aids coming from European uh, countries, and German uh, uh, feeling guilt because of the Holocaust and right, they paying them billions yeah. of dollars. They pride themselves that we are super technology advanced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A country uh, cannot beg for aid, and with this. Much, you know, with the income of Israeli is over forty-six thousand dollars a year, the medium income. The Palestinians within meters, not miles, from them, is two thousand two hundred dollars annual income. Yeah, the disparity is is a huge. You, are, you and we have a president Biden, when he was a senator. He said it that if there was no Israel an apac conference we we can we we have to create Israel so we have to take that kind of mentality create Israel he forgot that it truman which is here recognized Israel within 10 minutes of its declaration that it was a creation of united states uh, russia and uh, the british we cannot close our eyes that it's a normal country, that Israel. No, it's a, it's a military station, you know, mm-hmm. that to to do certain kind of job, and that's why provided with this unlimited aids from the day of its creation. It's a colonialist project that have been created over there. Yeah, we
1: want, a, we want a friend in the area, basically.
2: We want a friend in the area, and that's why since that moment, the wars never stopped. Started 48, in 56, Israel, the British and the French tried to control Suez Canal because it's the waterway for the shipping, uh, keeping a pressure over uh, the oil resources you know and that is related to what we are living now called normalization with the arab country and the oil or recreating enemy of iran Uh, israel has a place in all this to keep the whole area over there uh, uh, busy with wars uh, regimes uh, that not elected and they have no legitimacy uh, creating relationship with israel to keep the status quo for multi multi billion dollars of resources and instability on an area uh, volatile uh, more than any area in the whole world
0: yeah i want to bring it back to i want to bring it back to vermont but i think it's important to dive into that piece of um of the continued wars and and the continued um, occupation of of Gaza as a result of that, and I, I did want to highlight this when you were talking about it before because I think it's an important sort of visual for people listening, which is um, uh, just some numbers a bit about, about what Gaza is. So you know, for example, uh, there's two million people there. I think seventy percent. You can correct me if I'm anything. Seventy percent are. Are refugees so you know they were not living there before before 1948 they were created refugees from from the 1948 declaration um 50% of them are children about more than that. more than that more than 50% of them are children yep. and I was just wondering if you could describe so for, for people that were kind of wrap your heads around that two million people living in an area that is basically the size of Shelburne, Charlotte and Hinesburg. I I did the math on the anchorage. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I wanted people in Vermont to kind of visualize 2 million people living in Shelburne, Charlotte and Hinesburg and you can't leave. You can't fly out of the airport. You can't get on a boat. You can't drive your car freely. Um, drones circle overhead, and I was just wondering if you, could you help me paint this picture of of what life is actually like. You know, beyond the beyond the the presidents and the people and the the national events, but the the what is life like in Gaza right now?
2: Gaza is um, on, on the Mediterranean. I think it's on the longest. Uh, 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 From point to point, it's uh, the longest point to point is 36 miles. And the thinnest area there is six miles, you know. Uh, There are over two million people living over there. Over 60% uh, of the people in Gaza Strip are uh, children uh, younger than uh, 15 years old. Uh, 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 The... uh, water uh, 95% are polluted because of pumping of uh, the uh, the operation of a cleaning water over there uh, the israeli digged beneath gaza and they sucking the fresh water out of it uh, the fishermen uh, are not allowed more than 3 kilometers Uh, to go on fishing from the coast and uh, they digged very close to Gaza and now they are sucking uh, the uh, natural gas and selling it to both to Egypt and Jordan this is the Israeli government Uh, uh, as you mentioned 70 percent are uh, either refugees since 1948 or their children and their children, children. Yes, they are living over there. Uh, 14 years ago, Israel uh, called itself. Well, we gave them independent, uh, and uh, they could have uh, made Singapore out of Gaza, but uh, they uh, are forgetting to mention that they walled Gaza completely. That people cannot enter, cannot leave. They cannot export. They cannot import. You know. And, uh, be- you
1: certainly can't do business with any, anybody else. Uh,
2: they cannot. Yeah. They cannot. And because of the agreement with the Egyptian government, mainly after uh, Sisi uh, became present to overthrow the government of uh, the elected government, uh, Rafah, uh, it's another gate to Egypt, have been closed as well. So you are talking about Tinderbox. The unemployment uh, reaching over 50% over there, you know? Uh, majority of the AIDS coming from uh, uh, non-profit organization, uh, non-governmental organizations, you know? Uh, under that circumstances, you have to imagine the people, how, how they feel, yeah. how, how you wake up in the morning. You know, feeling that you have no future. If you are students, want to go outside, uh, how do you feel? If you are sick and you need medication from outside uh, the hospitals, the medication is very limited. Hospitals, and we have to remember that Israel, on 2014 and on the last uh, uh, battle two weeks ago, they killed doctors during these uh, operations. And they bumped hospital, and Israel's excuse was, well, Hamas is hiding behind civilians when they send the rockets toward Israel. You're talking about over 2 million people living in a small area, you know? There's no
1: military areas, spaces
2: to Israel itself. I mean, its uh, defense department in in the middle of Tel Aviv, on on civilian area too, as as well. Uh, So, uh, the living uh, in Gaza is absolutely very difficult, you know, for many. Uh, And uh, when you have very young generations with this number we're giving, uh, you're going uh, to find the... uh, It's easy uh, to recruit for resistance.
1: Of course. Yeah. You can only have, you know, somebody's foot on your neck for so long before you want to rise up, you know? You just said it. Yeah.
2: What, in your mind,
0: what does Israel want you to do?
2: Israel wants us, uh, wants the land and they don't want the people. Israel, when they created it, until recently, they were teaching their children that it was Palestine, historical Palestine, land with no people for people with no land.
0: That's beautiful.
2: And always, uh, they want that. Uh, let's go back to the PLO and the Oslo Accord, and the believe of two-state solution and what it resulted. The first five years post-Oslo, I believe the PLO delivered very much in security. There was no violent, etc. But what happened in those five years? The numbers of settlements doubled, that the land they are negotiating uh, over uh, uh, to become the future Palestinian state uh, start to disappear. Uh, the uh, PLO who believed on Oslo Accord and created What so-called Palestinian authority, they didn't have even authority over anything. They are not even in control of the water, which is on percentage, a Palestinian living in West Bank uh, cannot use uh, 10% of Israeli who lives in the settlements on the West Bank, in the Jewish-only settlements. So uh, uh, they start uh, making, uh, uh, now, I think last time I read it was over 426 uh, uh, checkpoints. Now it's exceeded 600, 700 checkpoints, you know? Mm. People cannot go from village to another. So what kind of Oslo Accord and Peace? Two... It it, it is not only Hamas who fought on the last battle. Every political party did. The Palestinian people fought on the last battle. On Al-Aqsa, with no guns, no military, no training, no nothing, with bare hands, they fought on the Aqsa Mosque and in Jerusalem streets for uh, and until today, uh, uh, over uh, the ethnic cleansing that Israel are uh, uh, doing in Jerusalem. So maybe that idea of we are looking for partner for peace, they are looking uh, for a partner uh, to. Uh, recognize them fully that they are the owner of the land and we became the intruder. right
0: um so we're getting close to the end here of our time um bringing it let's bring it back to vermont and I, i think specifically how is the bds movement getting along in vermont um and Specifically what what would you tell people who wanted to learn more get more involved in in the struggle in Vermont because it's it's not something happening as you mentioned it's not something happening in some far away place it's something that the the actions and the things that we do in this state you know actually actually impact and it is relevant
2: Yes I mean uh definitely I mentioned uh... Uh, the Jerry campaign which is ongoing campaign and there is a new generation they are giving it life recently. We are trying now to meet more uh, to introduce a BDS uh, resolution to the city of Burlington. Uh, uh, to call to the city, number one, to co- recognize state of Palestine, because I- I- everybody will say, well, we need two-state solution, Palestine and Israel. Uh, do you recognize Palestine? Israelis exist, but do you recognize, where is it? <laughs> yeah. you know? The second thing is to create that you, uh, we, we need cities, towns to adopt BDS as a tool to force the Israeli to recognize the right of the Palestinians in their homeland. Uh, this is on local level in Burlington, and we are trying to talk to some state legislation, yeah, to do something uh, similar on recognizing the Palestinian rights, because after, as you mentioned, and you read uh, uh, Governor Scott letter hmm. uh, toward Israel, uh, because to, to, to see uh, things in one eye and uh, close your eye on, on the other part of the solution, uh, it's wrong, and it's not vermoner. No. to do something like that. Yes. Yeah, very I, much
1: I, out of character for its people, for to, Vermont's people. To,
2: to be honest, I don't think people in Vermont even know about
0: this pro. I mean, who pays attention to these proclamations? I mean, if you go on the website and look at all the proclamations that Scott makes, it's like, you know, hey, today is, um, you know... National Ver- Donut Day. <laughs> for, for, yeah, it's, it's Vermont Chipmunk Day. or It's just absurd, you know... Do you yeah, have arthritis? Are you a bald person with arthritis? Today is your day. <laughs> well, yes. These are the proclamations.
2: Yeah, I mean even even a symbolic recognition, you know, if he give it to Israel, he should give it to the Palestinians yeah. too. Yeah. If 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 he thinks that we have to stand with the human rights, equal rights, the uh, thing of equity. Well,
0: we were talking before before you came in how how you know you hear this criticism of why are you singling out Israel? You know, lots of lots of countries commit atrocities. Why are you singling out Israel? And you kind of look at something like what Governor Scott wrote, and it's like, well, we're not singling that out. You are. You did it. Like, yeah. you, 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 this is the only country in the entire world that you wrote a happy birthday
1: proclamation to. At least a couple like, of that's years not... in a row. Name another country you've done that for.
2: I can bet you, and we can go together to Governor Scott and ask him uh, <laughs> <Sounds> why. <good. laughs> yeah,
0: that's great. And I mean, he, he does
2: listen to the podcast. He's a regular.
0: <laughs> he's a regular listener of the show. <laughs>
2: if he is a regular listener, and I can bet with you that uh, Governor Scott have been asked by Israeli counselor or uh, pro-Israel lobby living here in Vermont, or they came to Vermont, or New England. Um, pers- um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't believe he walked up. One morning, and I said, "What? Well, what am I going to do today? Let me write a proclamation." Yeah. To support
1: he the looked at of his Israel. calendar. He's like, "Oh man, it's Israel Day. It's, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> God,
2: I almost missed it." <laughs> so uh, we should work a little bit harder to see uh, the situation. Two, we are working with other coalition like Ethnic Study and Social Equity to introduce Ethnic Studies in school. And Vermont for Justice Palestine is, is a partner with that. We, we, we're meeting uh, with the schools to bring more understanding, not only to the question of Palestine, but to the black and brown people, the indigenous people, to the Latino people, to all these. Uh, ethnic uh, groups uh, that contributed to our life here in United States and in Vermont. Definitely, it is a white uh, uh, state uh, at ninety-two percent, ninety-three percent. But nonetheless, uh, the uh, presence of other group that contributed to the life of Vermonters are coming from every part, and the. Present of our uh, sisters, brothers, family from Abenaki family. They still. I was going to ask if, yeah.
0: you were, if you if you if you work oh, with that.
2: Oh yes, Abenaki. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. As a matter of fact, indigenous people in Vermont, uh, Abenaki, uh, and on another state from different uh, uh, tribes or nations. I should correct myself. Because they prefer that, they understand the Palestinian uh, uh, question much more than anybody else. But right. the same, it can go with uh, 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 the people who are working for a Black Lives Matters and the migrants issue. Uh, Slowly, the supporters, because you can be white in Vermont and liberal, and you go with these uh, progressive uh, movements and support them uh, and be present. But when it comes to Palestine, uh, they feel it is a sensitive issue.
1: Yeah, I had that exact, when we were talking about doing this particular podcast and talking to you, I had a I mini freak out. I was literally <laughs> like uh sh- am I allowed? Should I? I don't know very much. Yeah. you know, and that's I think a lot of people come at it that, from that because you you see especially with cancel culture and everything like if you don't say the right thing about the right people, you're fucked, you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, so it, it's scary, it, you know. It is scary because they made it scary because they linked the criticism of Israel to anti-Semitism. Right, exactly. And here we have to be way more smarter uh, than that. Not they are completely separate. Uh, The uh, political ideology of Zionism started only 1896 on Switzerland by atheist (laughs) Herzl, you know, Theodor Herzl, Uh, And they uh, slowly uh, took over the faith, you Mm -hmm. know, and they made uh, nationality out out of a great religion, Judaism. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to separate that. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to be careful uh, (coughs) not to mix them up because it will increase anti Semitism. Exactly. And that's why uh, uh, Jewish Defense League, JDL, and uh, the Jewish Congress are reporting more anti Semitism, etc., because you are reporting anybody who demonstrating against Israel. Mm-hmm. You know? Or. Yeah. <coughs> and this is, shouldn't be allowed because this is silencing uh, the voices of people who are working for justice and uh, a fair. Uh, solution where palestinian uh, arab muslim christian and jews can mm. live together right. in a secular state democratic state where the respect of each others can happen and it will happen yeah i
1: took us Definitely. away from vermont again sorry no that's perfect
0: <laughs> it's true i mean you don't want to be there's 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 high stakes with the language of anti-semitism and and when people are leveling leveling that criticism with such ease and there are consequences. Uh, it gives you pause before you open your mouth about certain subjects, and that's that's a legit thing to have in the open and discuss.
2: Anti-Semitism exists, sure. Racism against exactly. the Jewish uh, people of Jewish faith, of course, it exists. And uh, sadly, uh, the source uh, of it, uh, the main source are people who supporting uh, loudly Israel existence, which is uh, the uh, Christian right, Right. who believe of creation of the state of Israel, the temple and the Messiah coming and all that. So they are the one who sponsored many, white supremacist demonstrations in many places who supported Trump. But at the same time, you know, anti-Semitism existed and we should fight it the same way we fight any, any, any shape or form of uh, uh, the attack against people of colors or Asian, blacks, Muslims, just name it. Mixing criticism of Israel as anti-Semitic uh, it is, uh, a problem, not only for the Palestinians for the uh, freedom of speech in general, and
1: yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. We are
2: experiencing it here, by the way, uh, the, uh, chapter of uh, student for justice in Palestine on Middlebury, mm-hmm. uh, when they call to educate the public about Israel and the apartheid, uh. Policy they are carrying, they get attacked by other students and called anti Semitism. And this has happened just two months ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a silence from the administration of uh, Middlebury and yeah. threats ac- against uh, a student for justice in Palestine over there. Mm. And until now, uh, Middlebury is silenced to take a stand. Uh, of a freedom of a speech, you know, uh, must be respected. And you have to remember, Middlebury, if you remember two, three years ago, uh, they welcomed right-winger to speak on Middlebury, and they pride themselves, all voices should be respected when a, a white supremacist, white-winger came to Middlebury. But mm. here, when it comes, Palestinians are talking for Palestinian human rights, equal rights, they became, uh, they, 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 uh, uh, been silenced and been accused of anti Semitism. Right. And some of those students are from Jewish faith, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. So, well, there's a lot of that going around as well with the, you know, Jewish Voices for Peace is, is constantly getting smeared as basically an anti Semitic, self hating group. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's very good you brought, uh, they are, we, we ally ourselves uh, with the Jewish Voice for Peace. I'm a member myself. Uh, we had uh, 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 a common um, uh, campaign to bring awareness of a training Vermont, uh, Vermont police and chiefs of police going to Israel to train at the hand of uh, Israeli military and police. And two years ago in our campaign, we stopped uh, the chief of police, state chief of police, of going over there on that trip. But we didn't succeed uh, over stopping UVM chief of police uh, from going over there on that trip because we didn't know uh, that she's going, you know. Mm. Uh,
0: right, which is insane if you think about it. Why? Why does the the the, the Vermont state? Why do the Why does the Vermont police?
2: Why, why any, does any American, police,
1: Any American go, police chief need to go, go to, 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 to Israel to, to Israel learn to how, Israel how to for training? Yeah. It's,
2: it brings you to what I told you that security and policing becoming a cottage uh, industry for Israel. They yeah. train many countries and they are bringing it uh, back here. And we are using uh, a lot of a training, Israeli training, to ICE forces, mm-hmm. to police forces, and if you go to the website uh, of Jewish Voice for Peace, you're going to find many information under uh, "deadly exchange," we right. call it, and uh, it is uh, it is terrifying.
0: Wafik, well, thank you so much for joining us on yeah. ABC Cafe. This and is very really enlightening.
1: Yeah, really quick. Uh, do you want to give any, uh, your, your website, uh, places that you, uh, people can find out more about?
2: Go to vtgp.org. Yeah, we'll put the
0: link in the in the notes of the show for Perfect. listeners so they can follow. We'll put some other stuff, the Jewish Voices for Peace yeah. we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to link to the... Um, the, the, the Human Rights Watch report that came out yeah. a few weeks ago. Which,
2: and and Salem.
0: And Beth Salem, yes. yes. Which is, do you want to tell us what that is?
2: Beth is an Israeli uh, human rights organization. Uh, they document and report uh, the uh, apartheid laws that Israel is creating against the Palestinian Arab carrying Israeli. Uh, yeah. citizenship. Mm. Great. It's a wonderful organization. Uh, they send lawyers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, is and Damir is a good, too good organization. Thank you All again right. so very Thank much. You so much. It. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you. last one had a switch. Wait, was that using the, used the, the a shitty one? I switched them. I see that.
0: I gave you the shitty one because I only had two nice ones. No,
1: I know, and I don't count. I get it. No, it's not that you don't count. Is that you have Are a we better recording voice? This? We're recording this, right? No. <laughs>